thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul first again this morning. Lord, I thirst to be here again in your presence. And I say thank you. Thank you for bringing me again. Thank you for the grace to worship you this morning. Thank you for your mercies that are new again this morning. For your faithfulness that is great again this morning. Thank you for your love. Father, we give you all the praise. We thank you for the rising sun this morning. We thank you because we know that it is proof that you are faithful. You said that as long as your covenant with the ordinances, with the sun and the moon, and not been broken, you said your covenant with us is still intact. And so, Father, we thank you for the night. We thank you for the breaking of the day. Receive all our praises, O God, in the precious name of Jesus. We worship you this morning because you are the creator of everything. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth. You are the creator of the entire universe. We worship you because you are the creator of life itself. You are the creator of death itself. Lord, everything exists and consists in you. They are the works of your end and they serve under your pleasure. Father, we worship you this morning because you are indeed almighty God. Alpha and Omega. Receive all the praise this morning. Lord, as we read our Bibles again, we ask for wisdom and understanding. Speak to us once again and let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. So we continue our study and reading and commentary of the New Testament, the book of Luke, specifically this morning. We are reading Luke chapter 21. If we can, we will stop somewhere in Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22 is a very long chapter. But a big thank you to everyone joining in this morning. I hope you are doing well. Um, I thank God for you, especially for those who are joining us for the first time this morning. I thank God for you and I pray that your thirst for the word of God, the Lord himself will satisfy that you will know God better and better every day. You will love him every day in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, let's read together this morning. We are reading um, using the New Living Translation, especially if you're joining us for the first time. You can have your Bible with you in hand or you can just listen this morning and the Lord will bless you. Luke chapter 21 starts with the widow's offering and then Jesus speaks about the future. Luke chapter 22, Judas betrays Jesus and then this agrees to betray Jesus and the events, the events that follows from there, Jesus predicting Peter's denial and then all and on. 
while Jesus was in the temple, he watched the he watched the rich people. Only Luke has this story, okay? He watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two. She came in by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything. She has given everything she has. Um, I think the way to see this is that God cares about our offering. Okay, Jesus was paying attention to it. And I'm sure he was speaking with the disciples here. He cares about our offerings. He cares that we give. Okay, here they gave to the temple, and giving in the temple was to take care of the Levites who were serving, serving God on behalf of the nation of Israel. Okay, and they were to to bring literally bring the nation to God. Okay, and so the offerings that were given were to take care of them because they could do nothing else. Okay, than than, than serve in the house of God. Uh, in the New Testament, it's somewhat different. Still, we give we give for different reasons. In Acts of the Apostles, when this all began, Acts of the Apostles, they gave to take care of one another. Give in your church, okay? So that it can, it can be a blessing in the community. Hallelujah. All right, let's look at Jesus speaking about the future. Some of his disciples began talking about the majestic stonework of the temple and the memorial decoration on the walls. Uh, but Jesus said, the time is coming when all these things will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Yes, we spoke about this. We spoke about this yesterday and I mentioned that it was... It was Titus will eventually will come to destroy, destroy this uh, this temple or carry out the very words that Jesus is speaking about here. Yes, it was started by by his by his father Vespasian. Vespasian was um, the emperor after Nero. After Nero, you had Vespasian, who was a general then, um, and then he started the attack of Jerusalem the attack and destruction of Jerusalem, you know, and eventually his son, his son would would carry out would carry out that that total destruction. First of all, they destroyed the walls. It was a bitter it was a bitter battle. I'm tell, I'm telling you, you can check this, just check it out on 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 YouTube. You find you find animation stories about it, okay? So Jesus said, the time is coming when all these things will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. It happened 70 years after Jesus. Teacher, they asked, when will all this happen? What signs will show us that these things are about to take place? Now, one thing that stands the Bible out from other books, okay, religious books, if you want to call it, is the place of prophecy. So, there are many prophecies in the Bible that were fulfilled in the period when the Bible was still being written, okay? When the Bible was still being written, these words of Jesus were fulfilled. 
And there are many prophecies, like Jesus is going to still talk about right now, that are yet to be fulfilled. So our own is to understand that if some part of this prophecy have been fulfilled, then the likelihood that the other parts will be fulfilled is is without question. Okay? So the first part, the destruction of the temple that Jesus was talking about and the stones and everything has been fulfilled. Anyone can check that. And I'm telling you the time is coming when people will be reading this other part of the prophecy and they will see that what Jesus said has come to pass. He replied, don't let anyone mislead you. Okay, so remember their question. Their question is verse, it was in verse 7. They said, teacher, they asked, when will all this happen? What sign will show us that these things are about to take place? When will these things happen? They were asking about the destruction of the, just the destruction of the temple. Okay, and what will be the signs that these things are about to take place? That was what they were asking. But Jesus tells them not just the destruction of this temple, there is going to be a destruction of another temple. So Jesus was talking about both. By the destruction of the second temple will be about the time when Jesus will be coming back again. And I'm sure that was why Jesus merged them together. When you begin to hear that the nation of Israel is about to rebuild its temple in Jerusalem, listen, listen very, very carefully. Once the temple is about to be rebuilt, you know that Jesus' return is very near. Jesus' return is very near. He replied, don't let anyone mislead you, verse 8, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and saying the time has come, but don't believe them. So, I know there are many people that have come who have tried to claim that they are that they are, they are, they are the Messiah. In fact, somewhat it has reduced during this period we are living in. But Jesus is telling us that in the future, there will be a singular character. Okay, so he says, don't let anyone mislead, for many will come. Many will come, but there will be this singular character who will claim to be the Messiah. He is the Antichrist himself. He is the beast that Revelation speaks about. Who will say that the time has come uh, but Jesus says, don't, don't believe him. The time has come for what? The time has come for many of the things that Jesus spoke about. Spoke about. He will be doing many miracles. He will be doing signs and wonders. And so we'll be able to mislead those living in that time. And see, so when you hear of wars, verse 9, and when you hear of wars and insurrections, don't panic. Many will say that we've been hearing of wars for how many years? Which war is God talking, is Jesus talking about here? There is a specific war that when it happens, you know that Jesus' return is getting near. It is called the war of Armageddon. Yes, the war of Armageddon. And all the wars that have been taking place all over the world until now, at least the major wars, have been setting in motion. 
setting the nations that will take a part in this war. It has been setting them you know, up or putting them in place, just like on the chessboard where you are putting your pieces in the right places so that you are able to make your attack at the, at the end. Yes, it is setting in motion, setting in motion the things that, that are about to take place. He says, and when you hear of wars and insurrection, don't panic. He says, yes, these things must take place first, but the end must follow after. Okay? You hear of wars and insurrection, don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. 10 says, then he added, nations will go to war against nations and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and there will be famines and plagues in many lands. And there will be terrifying things and great and great miraculous signs from heaven. Just read the book of Revelation. When the first seal is broken, we see a rider on a white horse. That rider is the Antichrist. Comes forth, shows himself, declares himself as Messiah declares himself as the as the savior of the world. Uh, we see his prophet also show himself and they are able to do miraculous signs. They call down fire from heaven. They are able to do wonders. I'm telling you, Jesus says, listen, I am warning you. Verse 12 says, but before all this occurs, before all this occurs, as in talking about what the Messiah the encode the Messiah, the Antichrist showing himself before the wars, the insurrection and panic and nations going to war against nations and everything, great earthquakes and famines and plagues. We've been, we've had several plagues in the world. We just had the coronavirus and you will be shocked. There will be another one very, very soon. Okay. Before all of that, Jesus said, but before all this occurs, there will be a time of great persecution. There will be a time of great persecution. You will be dragged into synagogue and prisons and you will stand trial before kings and governors because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. Okay, so there are those who claim that what happened during the time where believers were persecuted, you see, that's why they were almost certain that Jesus was about to come. Okay, when the church was persecuted and they scattered to take the gospel to all the nations of the world, there were those that said that it was the fulfillment of this verse 12 and verse 13. But I disagree because Jesus is connecting both events. So if verse 12 and 13 happened and then there is no corresponding period of where there is this wars, famines, pestilence, earthquake, the Antichrist showing himself, they don't join together, then it's not that's not what then that's not the period he's talking about. During this period, and we see it again in the book of Revelation, where the Bible says that look, especially for those who, who have the name of Christ upon them, who have chosen not to follow the beast, they will not be able to buy and sell. They will be heavily persecuted. Yes, that's the period that Jesus is talking about. 
He says, this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. So don't worry in advance about how to answer the charges against you, for I will give you the right words and, so, and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. Even those closest to you, your parents, brothers, relatives, and friends will betray you. During this period, brothers will rat out sisters and their parents. During the period when the Antichrist established himself and people begin to take the mark of the beast because that's the only way they will be able to eat. That's the only way they will be able to live. They will betray one, they will betray one another. He says they will even kill some of you and everyone will hate you because you are my followers. But not a heir of your head will perish by, by standing firm. You will win your souls. Now, this is very, very... These are some of these verses, and I'm sure there's a few verses at the end too, are the parts where some of us say that Jesus is not talking about the church here. It tells them that by standing firm, you will win your souls. Surely this has to be wrong. The way we win our soul is by giving our lives to Jesus. Okay? Yes, by giving our lives to Jesus. We belong to him today. But the nation of Israel, the nation of Israel, who has, we talked about them also yesterday, who have, when Jesus was crying over Jerusalem, who have rejected Israel. When all of this begins and the nation realizes that all that the Christians have been talking about all this while has been the truth, they will come back to God in mass during that period. Okay? All of what Jesus is taking talking about parents betraying their children children betraying their parents will be happening and then jesus tells them that look they will need to literally stand firm some of them will give their lives and by doing so he says they will they will win their soul they will show that they belong to him says and when you see jerusalem surrounded by armies then you will know that the time of his destruction has arrived I said that happened 70 years after Jesus. But the temple will soon be rebuilt. After the temple is rebuilt, and toward, you know, is rebuilt, and I mean this end time we are living in, uh, it will be destroyed again. Jesus says, when you see armies surrounding and camping around Jerusalem, uh, yes, they are getting ready for the wars of, 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 of Armageddon. And, and I'm sure you can easily tell the nations that will be part of that war. Since then, those in Judea must flee to the hills. Sincerely, Jesus is not talking about the church. He's talking about the nation of Israel. Those in Judea, we are not part of that. Those in Judea must flee to the hills. Those in Jerusalem must get out and those out in the country why must those in jerusalem get out because that is where the temple is that is where the antichrist goes in there puts in his image desecrate the temple okay um there's an there's an emperor that has desecrated the temple before um by by sacrificing a pig on the altar here this time this particular time this antichrist goes into the temple desecrates it by installing his image and he claims that he is the one that is to be worshipped okay he says those in jerusalem must get out because the antichrist will take over the capital city of 
of the nation of Israel must get out and those in the country should not return to the city for those those will be the days of vengeance and the prophetic words of the scripture will be fulfilled it is about the nation of Israel I want you to read about the day of the Lord okay so just write that down if I can one of these days I'm going to share with us what the Bible talks about the day of the Lord it is a day of vengeance a day of destruction that's what Jesus is talking about in verse 22 the prophetic words of the scriptures will be fulfilled it's a terrible day eh? it's a terrible day it is why those in the in the book of the Thessalonian church were so afraid that they were they were taking part in the day of the Lord they they, they wrote to Paul and Paul wrote back to them to assure them that guys calm down calm down you are not in the day of the Lord you are not in the day of the Lord if you are in the day of the Lord you are living through the period Jesus is talking about and that was for the nation of Israel that or that is for the nation of Israel the Thessalonian church we have give we are we are Christians okay how come why are we living through the day of the Lord Paul says no okay so Luke says for those will be the days of of God's vengeance and the prophetic words of the scripture will be fulfilled how terrible it will it will be for pregnant women and and for nursing mothers in those days for there will be disaster in the land and great anger against these people these people it's not talking about Christians He's talking about the nation of Israel. And they will be killed by swords. Uh, they will be killed by swords or sent away as captives to all the nations of the world. We know that this happened. Um, Adolf Hitler almost tried to fulfill this verse 24. But that is not the one Jesus is talking about. Remember I said all of it has to come together. And that is why when all of what was happening to the nation of Israel was happening and Adolf Hitler was doing all he was doing and then the wars that happened, the Second World War, you know, people were certain that Hitler was the Antichrist. Okay, Christians then were certain that Hitler was the Antichrist. What? No, he wasn't. Because there are other things that Jesus mentioned that are not in place. So we say in study, we say he was a type of the Antichrist. He had the spirit of the Antichrist, but he is not the Antichrist. Uh, that figure will show himself in the days to come. He says they will be sent away as captive to all the nations of the world, and Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles until the period of the Gentiles come to an end. This period of the Gentiles is the period where Jerusalem, the temple, will be trampled over. The Antichrist enters into the temple and defies it. Okay? Yes. That period is talked about the, the, the second half of the seven weeks, the seven years okay, um, of, of chaos that, that the prophets have prophesied about the nation of Israel. Three and a half years of peace. At the middle of the three and a half years, Daniel talks about uh, the agreement between the nation of Israel and this figure, the Antichrist, is broken. And then we have this period where the trample, the, the Gentiles trample upon or trample upon Jerusalem. This is until the period of the Gentile comes to pass. It's three and a half years. And there will be strange signs in the uh, in strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. 
and here on earth the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring sea and strange tires. People will be terrified at what what they see coming upon the earth, for the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on, on a cloud with power and great glory. You see, Jesus has just given us the book of Revelation from chapter 1 <laughs> to the end. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, when you will begin to see this great sign, these are talking about the periods where when the trumpets are being blown, when the vials are being poured upon the earth, people will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth, for the powers in the heavens will be shaking. The Bible says the stars will fall down. The power of the stars they will fall down to the earth. The powers in the heavens will be shaking. Then everyone will see the Son of Man, Jesus' second coming, coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up for your salvation is near. Our salvation cannot be near at Jesus' second coming. We are already saved. Okay? So, that is why many of us say he's not talking about the church. He's not talking about the church. He tells the nation of Israel that their salvation is near. Then he gave them this illustration. Notice the fig tree or, or any other tree. When the leaves come out, you know, without being told that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you can know that the kingdom of God, you know that the kingdom of God is near. You know that Christ is about to return, is about to return very soon. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the sin until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Okay? So 34, watch out, don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware like a trap, for that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times and pray that, you're, that you might be strong enough to escape this, uh, this coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. Jesus says, pray that you might be strong enough. Why will believers be strong enough? No. Uh, we will rather even die and go and meet him in heaven because we are saved. Yes. So, he says, pray that you are strong enough to escape the coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. He's talking about the nation of Israel. Okay? And the Jews who will come to believe him at that time. Since every day Jesus went to the temple to teach and each evening he returned to spend the night on the Mount of Olives. The crowds gathered at the temple early each morning to hear him. All right, so that's quite spectacular. Some of the things that will happen on our world during this time, it will be truly remarkable. I'm telling you, it is not, it is not a, a time anyone can miss. I'm telling you, things are already being set in motion for some of these things to take place. Let's read the beginning of Luke chapter 22. Judas agrees to betray Jesus and then we'll wrap up with, with the end time. The festival of unleavened bread, which is also called Passover, was approaching. The leading priests and teachers of religious law were plotting how to kill Jesus, but they were afraid of the people's reaction. Then Satan entered into Judas, who was one of the twelve disciples, and he went to the leading priests and captains of the temple guard to discuss the best way to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted 
and they promised to give him money. So he agreed and began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus so they could arrest him when the crowd weren't around. The goal was to arrest him when the crowds weren't around. All right, so we stop there today. We'll continue Luke chapter 22 from the last supper tomorrow. Now, let's round up with the end time. Jesus is coming back again. Jesus is coming back again. Jesus warns them here that they must be strong. Okay, so there are different interpretations that you can give to this verse 36. It says, keep a lot at all times and pray that you might be strong enough. There are different interpretations that is given to it. Why should we be a lot? If we are supposed to live through all of this and then at the end, we know whether we are saved, then let's just live through it because really we have no powers to defend ourselves. So um, maybe God has already decided those who will survive these things it's terror like no one has seen when hailstones are dropping upon the earth and there's earthquakes everywhere. One earthquake will literally shake the whole earth. Okay, so what is Jesus talking about? About keeping a lot. That is where those of us who believe that there will be a rapture. That is where this message comes in. Be ready for Jesus' return. It will be any day soon. It will be any time soon. Pray and keep alerts. Don't be caught carousing and drunk on the day Jesus comes. Keep your garments pure and white. Father, we pray this morning for the grace to live prepared for you. We thank you, precious Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.